Well, hey there, freaks. It's your boy Marty here to introduce this week's episode with James Chang, who's in town as part of the Chain Code Residency, uh, doing some incredible stuff. James is an incredibly humble man, incredibly intelligent man. We had a, a far wide-ranging discussion, everything from LibBitcoin to Taproot uh, to energy and uh, solar and renewable energy in particular. Uh, I must warn you, freaks, I'm sorry. I must apologize up front while we're recording uh my my idiot self had the leg chair of my chair sitting on James's mic line I did not notice until after we had recorded I was worried that it was going to affect the audio after I hit uh stop record and my worries were warranted cuz uh James's audio is a little gravelly at times uh I contemplated not posting this but I feel that the conversation is uh still able to be 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 listened to if you can put up with the noise and it's an important one i think so i hope you guys enjoy despite the the audio issues and i know this is an issue that plagues this podcast in particular and just know that we are working on upgrading the the sound equipment as i speak and this is hopefully a problem that should not be a problem in the future going forward uh very soon um, this episode of Tales from the Crypt is also brought to you by the Cash App. You freaks already know all about it. They're helping us stack sats. They're helping us save money at merchants. Uh, and now they're letting us send and withdraw Bitcoin uh, to and from the app, which is pretty cool. Uh, they're letting you send to Beck32 addresses as well. So if you want to send straight from Cash App to Wasabi or uh, another coin joint service like Samurai, that is totally possible now. Um, and then on top of that... Uh, yeah, they got the boost card. You can personalize that. I used it this morning. Again, another low time preference move, excuse me, high time preference move. Went and bought coffee, but I did save a dollar. Um, and every time I go to Whole Foods, I use it, say 5%. So go down to your local app store today when there's Google or Apple. Download the Cash App. And then when you download it, make sure you use the promo code stacking sats. One word that's stacking sats. You're going to get $5. And then $5 is going to go to a charity. Al's Lacrosse, which is very near and dear to my heart, doing great things in Chicago. Um, again, that's stacking sats. One word, $5 to you, $5 to Al's. Hope you guys enjoy this despite the, the audio troubles we had. Um, James, again, incredibly humble, incredibly smart, and we're lucky to have him working on Bitcoin. <laughs> from the crib. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy, Marty Bent. Back in the foreign chain code lab studio. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. I'm sitting down with somebody I'm very excited to speak with, uh, who's relatively new to Bitcoin, but has done an immense amount in the, what you say, year and three quarters that you've been into it? Yeah, roughly. And uh, so I'd like to introduce you, freaks, to James Chang, who's the uh, the founder of teachingbitcoin.io. Uh, we've been shooting the shit here for like the 15 minutes, and you're a very fascinating person. You've got to... Marty, that's that's very kind of you. Um, thanks for having me on. Look forward to uh, look forward to talking to you. Yeah. yeah. So, thanks for agreeing to sit down with me. I always feel, um, I always feel very, uh, very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very honored to be able to come here and speak to the people working on the Bitcoin Core, or not Bitcoin Core, just on Bitcoin in general. That's it. actually you shouldn't say Bitcoin Core because you start out in Lib Bitcoin, which is right. like what right. I want to start with. Right. Um, and what we usually do here on Tales from the Crypt is mm-hmm. how do you find Bitcoin? What sort of drove you towards Bitcoin? And 
and how'd you first sort of learn about this whole network? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I want to say I, I first learned about Bitcoin like back in 2014, 15. I was on, on vacation. I remember this. I haven't told the story that, that that frequently, but um, I was on vacation in Japan, in Tokyo, and um, we had just arrived. And I read this news art, news article about I can't remember was it was it a price price um, uh, hike or, or whatever. It's in the news, and uh, I started reading about it, and uh, and I I, I, I didn't sleep for the entire entire night. Like my my partner was was lying in bed right next to me. And so I ended up taking the phone to the bathroom where I could turn the lights on <laughs> and continue, <laughs> continue Googling this thing on Bitcoin. Um, but I kind of ignored it for, for years. I ignored it for years. You had like an initial rush, 24-hour period where you, where you Googled the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. And what were you doing before uh, you came to work on the Bitcoin protocol? I think I was running, I was running my own uh, software firm back then. Uh, we were doing... Solar. We're building a solar simulation tool for um, people who wanted to, you know, kind of figure out whether it's economical to run a solar power plant with perhaps battery storage at their homes. Uh, so we built a web tool for that, with um, which where you could um, upload your uh, consumption data, um, so you can see like what kind of battery capacity makes sense, whether that west-facing roof actually produces when you actually consume at home. So that's a product I worked on for about two years. Um, but that, that it was during that time that I that, that I learned about Bitcoin, um, and yeah, I was, I, you know, I was, I was fascinated by that. But, but at the same time, for some reason, it just it just drifted away. Like I never never chased it. Like I never, you know, spent more time or effort to to really improve my understanding of, of what Bitcoin was. So what was the catalyst to sort of make you pay more attention to this? I, I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say I want to say nothing really unique. I mean, I guess 2017, 18, a whole f- whole wave of people were introduced to Bitcoin through the media and and and, and the and the price increase. And um, quite frankly, I'm, I'm you know the same. Whatever affected those people affected me. And so, like a lot of communities locally probably just reached like these meetup communities probably reached some kind of critical mass, and I got swept away with everybody else. Um, and uh, for me personally, like I, I really want to understand the, 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 the technical aspect of, 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 of how Bitcoin worked. Um, I think that's that, that was something that was important to me. Like I really want to understand like how this stuff works, right? Yeah. And so that's that's what brought me brought me here, I guess. Yeah, and you've done a great service in in uh, the fact that you've been teaching people sort of your journey, <laughs> what you've learned with teaching Bitcoin.io. Um, yeah. And what's interesting to me is uh, is you like got your chops learning about lib bitcoin and that uh that um implementation in particular right so what how did you attack learning uh learning how lib bitcoin works how does yeah it, we'll get into that eventually like how lib bitcoin yeah. works compared to bitcoin core and yeah what you, you told me you took uh, a couple train rides to milan to go to right. Yakima's <laughs> uh <laughs> meet up and you met eric Glasgow. yeah there. yeah 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 so this is like uh february 2000 february last year and um, as I told you before, like I, I had, um, you know, I, was, I, I could take the train in Switzerland for free. So I'm living in Switzerland, in Z- close to Zurich at this time, and I can take the trains for free. So Giacomo's back then was in Milan. His meetups were about three hours away by train. And so I realized I could go there for almost free, um, just to pay pay for the small trains uh, ride segment across from like Ticino to to Milan. So I went a couple times, and and on one of these meetups, I, I um, Eric Vosco was was speaking, um, and he was speaking about a couple. Topics he had added to his crypto economics work, um, 
and I, I still remember the first first article that, and I read it the the, the day he, he showed up. I was like, who is this guy, and, and, and what he's going to talk about? What, what is he? Cryptoeconomics, and the 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 article that I read was called um, the dedicated cost principle, um, and and it, and it, the dedicated cost principle is, is fantastic. You, you guys should go check it out. But basically, it explains why, like if you try to try to do mining, and you try to use let's say waste heat, or you try to produce any kind of secondary product that has some kind of marketable value. Like Eric will argue that, or actually prove if you accept the premise, that um, like there's no there's no energy saved through that, um, and we can go into why. But uh, it explained like a very specific aspect of mining, which I had questions about myself, but nobody really answered. And economists talk about a lot. And yeah, let's, so let's dive into something that fascinates me as well. Um, so, what is the premise that we have to accept? Uh, that he proves, uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, or excuse me, that makes it so right. that he proves this is correct, right, yeah. right. Um, I guess one is, for example, um, you know, like you have to accept that there, there, there is a, a free market, right? Mm-hmm. So miners compete freely. Uh, so like if you if, if it's a free market and there's no, you know, hurdle to to entry, we can all start mining tomorrow. So if let's say if let's say you are particularly profitable as a miner, um, and um, yeah, so if, if somebody's particularly profitable or the mining market as a whole is particularly profitable, then capital will necessarily come in and, and join the market because they're they're getting better returns, right? Mm-hmm. So over the long run, the, the 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 tendency for for the mining market is is that is that the margins tend to go to zero. So so if somebody starts Mining and, and they can kind of extract some marketable value from from waste heat. Now they're 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 mining with higher margins, um, and everybody starts doing that. Um, more capital will join the market. More miners will come online, and that competition just drives that margin back down to zero. Uh, can't do below zero because then miners will leave, right? So, um, yeah, that's a that's a very logical fact that you can reason about, and 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 if you if you if you accept that you know, like capital can join and capital can leave, and they're they're free markets, then that all that all kind of makes yeah. sense. That all that all explains it very nicely. It's the waste heat basically being used first to cut costs somewhere else, where maybe like cleaning water or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, that's fascinating. And yeah. his whole, I mean, there's so many chains that are like there are chains that that attempt to 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 utilize a different proof of work or um, proof uh, uh, algorithm. Uh, to produce some kind of alternative uh, marketable product, uh, thereby supposedly you know uh, saving energy or or making things more efficient, but but it, the cost has to be dedicated to mining. Otherwise, or in other words, the cost needs to be dedicated to the security of of the coin. Otherwise, it's yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Well, it's crazy how uh, extensive Eric's um, crypto economics. Right. Wikipedia pages that wiki insane it's a trove of of great uh, yeah sort of thoughts on Bitcoin and economics absolutely. in general absolutely um, and you know we can go down crazy rabbit holes just talking about that wiki in particular right and mining in particular so the, 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 do you think uh, your experience like creating the solar simulation tech um, sort of helped you understand I, I, this I, stuff better or I, I was very I've become very very disillusioned by uh, alternative energy why is that uh, through just through the subsidies and, and how the markets work or don't work, mm-hmm. um, I think we we see that now. You know, the a lot of the 
Um, there's there's like increasingly little capacity being added, at least in the Western Western world, partly because the subsidies are are being withdrawn slowly, slowly. Um, and and you also see like where where a lot of overcapacity is being built because of uh, artificial incentives, like like you know local or federal subsidies. And um, yeah, these capacities may or may not actually benefit the the the, the system as a whole. I'll give you one example. Like like in Germany, till this day, like they they heat. The heat railroads, like the what do you call them? The the rail, the rails. Yeah, the rails. The rails, right? Train tracks, rails. Train tracks, yeah. You know what the kind of yeah, train tracks basically. And and you know they have a lot of these have heating systems so that during uh, you know during winter like they don't they don't ice over. Um, and so there's there there in a lot of these sections they have they have heating systems and they will actually heat these tracks during summer because the 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 grid the, the national uh, the, let's say the, the the grid in Germany. Uh, cannot find a buyer or taker for the excess capacity during peak peak production times because mm-hmm. it's like sunny sunny all over the continent, right? Yeah, and is this renewable energy in particular, or uh, this is this in this case is solar. solar? A lot of it's solar. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know they do a lot of other things like uh, wind and, but in particular, these peaks during summer where everybody's just producing wa- producing wattage, right? Um, and so, so yeah, that's like you know, whenever I hear the energy efficiency argument, I'm, I'm always a little. A little skeptical, yeah. and uh, yeah. No, and that's what um, you were actually alluding to earlier. When your product is to help people recognize when they're profitable, right. given because that's right. that's the thing with solar and, and wind in particular. Right, it's like right. You, you could have a cloudy day or yes. a stretch where there's no wind. You yes, this sort of a, uh, uncertainty of when you'll have hundred percent, much power. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and then that variability in in in, in production capacity that's also a cost. Mm-hmm. Right, you, like you either need you either need to store or you, you need to find a way to buffer, um, and a lot of these aren't you know aren't aren't factored factored in um, uh, again through these subsidy schemes where you know uh, you know for every kilowatt hour you produced, the state would re- reimburse you uh, you know very very good rate. That does not take into account the fact that you know sometimes the sun doesn't shine at all, or sometimes um, everybody's producing but we're not consuming. So for you know yeah, it's just when when. When the market mechanism is kind of kind of overridden by policy, top-down policy, um, you know, you, you tend to see a lot of inefficiencies and things don't work. Yeah. So you think um, you were a f- like uh, you seem like to be a huge fan of the free market. Do you think Bitcoin uh, made you that way, or were you that way and you found Bitcoin and and sort of it clicked? I I, I think I think I think I've I've I think Bitcoin's given me a lot of that that education. In fact. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I think I, well, I I am in many ways, and I, and I was very just very average person in, in my thinking and in my indoctrination. <laughs> and and, and I, I can't I would I would never argue that I, I don't think I can argue that that's changed that much. I think I'm still victim or you know I'm still in that sense um you know very uh, just very average person. I, I consume the same information everybody else does, but Bitcoin it definitely has has um has introduced me to this world like Austrian economics or just just rational thought and you know these these mental these, like these I think a lot of the things that you hear about in, in Bitcoin space are you know like little logical thought experiments right um, uh, Bitcoin in a sense is also like it's a it's a really cool thought experiment like what if right you created like the market money <laughs> and anybody can you know and it's a P2P system and, and here we are and so I mean this question's nagging you so much that you've been driven to, to write code for the protocol uh, I'm I, I, I'm not a prolific uh, contributor. Well, to uh, contribute, yeah, yeah. Like Whether I, or not you're, I mean, and that'll be decided in history, I bet. Or yeah, in 
in retrospect, uh, get a little, could go a little down, a little cosmic tangent there, but we'll, we'll <laughs> stop ourselves from that. <laughs> but no, whether whether or not you recognize this, you you are so fascinated by this. It seems to me, at least, that now now you're here at Chainco doing a residency yeah. for the summer, and right. Right. You, you spent hours diving so you dove through every line of code in, in libbitcoin or not every line of code a lot of it no but but I, I looked at a lot of the um a lot of different interfaces that that libbicon has inter, in, internally and, and they were very instructive to my understanding of how bitcoin works so yeah let's walk through that what what in particular cool. like, where did you start and how did it all sort of come together so for me for probably the first five or six years on this journey I, not that everything's fully formed in my mind it's definitely more form than it was in the beginning, but everything sort of like floated above my head, just like disparate ideas that eventually yeah. over the time you put together. Yeah. Um, so did you have that experience looking at the code I felt the same way. felt the same way. Yeah. felt the same way. Um, uh, I, you know, I started out just, just trying to figure out like what transactions are. And uh, I, had, I had trouble doing that. Like, you know, you, you know, I, you know so I'd, I'd run, you know, the core daemon and the RPC interface, the command line. And then I, I struggled to get a deeper understanding beyond just the RPC interface. And so... Uh, but then, but then I had trouble really understanding like how the how to work myself through through core. Um, Libicon is really really nice in that aspect. Like it's it's an alternative implementation. It is has a very it's a completely different architecture than, than core itself. Um, a lot of different design decisions. I'll leave it up to the user to decide whether whether it's you know it's better for him or her or not. But it's it's got a lot of very nice internal interfaces so that the the user of the of the Bitcoin either as a full node, as a command line tool, or perhaps just as a library. Um, it's it's very it, you know the again the interfaces are, are are very structured and clear and and so you can use the Bitcoin um, as a very modular toolkit. You can decide like let's say I just want to build a wallet, so I'm just going to use the transaction library. If I want to build like you know maybe some SPV client I don't want to have actually a full node um, I'm going to use the PDP uh, node class and so I just run a PDP object that connects automatically to to the different um, uh, to, the, to the Bitcoin network or perhaps I want to run a node without a server I want to develop my own server that's something I can do do too so from, from day one they they've actually structured the the library so um, you know it's almost like Lego you can, you can pick and take whatever you need that's the one thing that fascinated me when uh, Eric came to BitDevs last summer and presented yeah. the Bitcoin is I didn't know yeah. it didn't have a UTX it doesn't work on the same UTXO model that, that Bitcoin yeah. Core does it's more yeah. transa transaction index based right? yeah they have a there's a transaction database um, I mean maybe maybe a step back like like because it's an alternative implementation they you know they they, they took different they took different design choices um, and when we talk about like the mempool or the UTXO set um, it turns out like we're often talking about um, uh, core specific implementation uh, data structures. So in Libbitcoin, there's no there's no mempool per se because there there's simply transactions which are all stored in transaction database. It's a memory map file, so it's um, they, they've they rolled their own database in that sense. Um, it's a very clean. It's a very nicely written database uh, database template that they also use for for blocks and uh, headers. Sorry, headers. And the headers then point to the transactions, so thereby thereby creating blocks. And um, so, if you want to if you want to know what transactions are uh, unspent, uh, they're just flagged in the transaction database as unspent. Mm -hmm. 
There's no separate data model that says this is the UTXO set. Yet we talk about it all the time. It's kind of entered the Bitcoin. What do you call vernacular. it? Vernacular. Vernacular. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's 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 every every intermediate user of Bitcoin will will know what a UTXO set as a mental model. Yes. Uh, but it, it it only has its origins at in in, in I think in a implement in an implementation design choice. You know, it's definitely. Uh, very deeply seated in my mind is sort of the mental framework from which I approach mm. using and interacting with Bitcoin. It's yeah. UTXO set. Right. I mean, there there is a there there are there arguably is a UTXO set in the Bitcoin. It's just, it's just not, you know, like an explicit um, explicit data model. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, were you learning about the Bitcoin and Core in parallel, or no, 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 no. no I, I I I was just learning about the Bitcoin. Um, and then eventually I, I started, so I, you know, I got invited to, to, I was teaching at Swiss universities, but I was teaching like Ethereum stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like the ICO market was going crazy in, in Switzerland. And so every university till now, they, you know, like they, they, they will offer some kind of smart contract or, um, blockchain course. Was and so that, that was what I was doing. Yeah. Were you, um. Was that sort of what fascinated you first? Was Ethereum, or were you? Was that just a job, or were you? Were you? Um, I had genuinely to confess, like intrigued. No, by it? I was generally intrigued by by this thing, and it's so accessible. Like, there's like this web IDE, and there're smart contract templates, and within ten minutes, you're you know you've deployed your first contract, and 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 that's really the lure, I think, of, of something like Ethereum is how fast you can get a web developer up to speed. Mm -hmm. And so, do you? Are you still a fan of Ethereum? Would you? I mean, it's 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 what it is. I mean, uh, I think I think all big corners uh, know the trade-offs. They're pretty apparent mm -hmm. uh, in, in in the design choices that they made. Um, um, I think it's a great teaching tool. Till this day, I think it's a fantastic teaching tool. If people want to understand like what state chains is, and um, like it's very hard for for somebody to to write a Bitcoin script. It's it's not accessible. Yeah. Right. It's like. But but like a Ethereum Solidity contract, you know, it's it's if somebody can read JavaScript, they can they can, they, they can follow that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. It's and and, and then the rush of creating your first coin in, in Solidity, it's like it's, it's <laughs> a non-trivial experience. I I still think that's one of the greatest learning tools out What's there. What's the process like? Um, you know, you just create a contract in Solidity, and uh, you decide what your how the coins are going to be uh, created. Um, there are many ways you can do it. You can um, you can do it by by time interval, you can do it by uh, proof of work, right? I can implement a very basic proof of work scheme in, in the Solidity contract, and um, so the basic principles of how Bitcoin works are reflected there, but in a way that that that, uh, that I can teach in like you know two hours. Yeah. Do you um, do you think Bitcoin's uh, scripting capabilities, being as limited as they are, or is difficult as they are to interact with is that a, a benefit or a net negative in the long run uh no i'm i'm, I'm absolutely i i think it's 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 i mean there, there's there are, there are legacy decisions that have flown in there but overall i think it's 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 actually it's it's a good thing okay. it's a good thing that it's that it's so restrictive okay um, so let's do this let's try to it's easier to reason about i guess is the way to put okay. it yeah can we break down like what a scripting language is and within a blockchain like what yeah. its purposes and yeah and why you might want it to be a little uh, uh more basic or simple yeah than yeah solidity or something like that solidity yeah no that's super interesting i'm i'm currently studying um peter willie's mini script stuff mm -hmm. and it took me a while to figure out like what mini script is and um, so basically, Miniscript is saying 
actually, even though scripting language in Bitcoin compared to other blockchains seems restrictive already, we actually can reduce it even more. Mm -hmm. So, so Peter Willey and Andrew Polster have said well, we're going to reduce it even more. We take a subset, and um, we're going to—it's almost like it's almost—it's uh, almost like it's, it's been formally verified. All the all these building blocks are so well understood, and these building blocks are are nothing than you know they're they're just script templates. They're like chunks of Bitcoin script opcodes, mm -hmm. which you can then use and, and compose a more complicated um, like spinning logic. Okay. Uh, and and because they've thought so much about all these little chunks, all these little if you will, all these little templates have certain properties, malleability properties, correctness properties, and they've all defined them uh, very. Uh, they've all so so, so um, you know when you put these things together, what the property will be of the resulting. You know, final composed Bitcoin script. And it's like a straightforward you, function almost. Um, I think that, like actually compiling these mini scripts are, are I think it's not not quite trivial, but the the basic idea is because I've understood the building blocks so well and how their properties relate to each other and how the properties change when I compose them into a more complicated script. The user doesn't have to worry about. Uh, whether a script is malleable, whether uh, whether all possible spending conditions are safe or not safe, um, right? And then so it just provides a more robust way to to design outputs mm -hmm. in the future. And Miniscript's agnostic, right? It's not it's chain agnostic. It, it could be used for multiple protocols, or yeah, I guess I guess if another chain adopted Bitcoin script, yeah, uh, it could definitely work on another chain as well. Yeah, yeah. it's really just a scripting language. Yeah. Um, so what's uh, and you've been working on on Taproot as well, correct? Been working on Taproot as well. Yeah, correct? yeah, yeah. Do they yeah. like so? This is like, again, I'm adult. I've said this before. Not yeah. I am an adult, but I'm also adult uh, when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. And so for me, like terms like Miniscript, Taproot. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna put Schnorr in there. I sort of understand Schnorr pretty well mm. at this point. But like Raffroot, Musig, mm. those four or five concepts or ideas yeah. sort of are uh, amoebously associated yeah. together in my mind yeah. but they're very different as well yeah. and sort of how do they yeah. interact with each other and, or do they even interact yeah I, 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 by, first of all I have to say like I don't, I don't claim to be an expert of any of these topics you just mentioned right like mm -hmm. I, I can tell you about what, what my uh, journey has been I um, so, so Taproot is, is fascinating for me because well, for one, it's you know introduces um, introduces Schnorr um, into Bitcoin, mm -hmm. so that's great. So like Schnorr has two two aspects. One is um, it makes the it makes verification cheaper because we can we can you know batch verify, and so for the system at the network, it's it's good because uh, let's say IBD will be less costly, uh, initial block down will be less costly because uh, verification happens happens more efficiently. Um, but for the end user, for the person who's actually spending Bitcoin. Um, the question is like, why, why would you care? Why, why, why do I care if like uh, transactions verify faster? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my node might run more efficiently, but like once I'm synced up, do I really care? Uh, so that's more like a system level benefit. I think for a user level benefit, uh, like that's that's where Taproot comes into play. Like Schnorr allows us to allows us to do things like um, I want to say tweak signatures. But I'm not sure if that's unique to Schnorr. Mm -hmm. But um, but that that's definitely what what Taproot does. So Taproot introduces Schnorr. Taproot also introduces or hides a bunch of alternative uh, spending paths. 
inside a you know like this normal segwit looking output okay right so it's like yes it's also a schnorr but it's also like um because of schnorr we can also uh, create these alternative um hidden spending paths which are only uh visible on chain if i actually use them i think the observation that that one can make is like if you look at um, lightning most of the times you know all these hlcs and revocation uh, paths they're never actually they're, they're mostly not executed we'll have a, like nodes will have a collaborative close and which is both sign and you don't see this complicated scripts on on chain um, and then tapers a similar idea it's like we can create this output which which has all these complicated um, um, spending paths or enforcement paths but we most of the time we, we, we will never never actually use it yeah interesting it's uh and so we were talking about this also before we hit record is uh, trying to figure out how to soft fork this stuff into the protocol and uh, that, that actually I, I, I don't I don't even know yeah, like, no, I, 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 but that's what you're saying you missed uh, the segwit yeah fork yeah. wars yeah and that's uh, that's a big uh, a big I don't want to say hurdle but just a a weird constraint that we've been giving uh, right upgrading this <laughs> right and so um or you're contributing, you're helping contribute to a to a BIP that would that would implement this stuff, correct? Uh, so, so I'm not contributing to the BIP. The BIP has been written and, and proposed by by Peter Willey and I think a lot of other people. But I'd I'd like to provide a Python library with which people can start uh, playing around and getting more familiar with what you can do with Taproot. Mm -hmm. Um, so like convenience methods, if you want to construct a path, like a taproot. So taproot has this interesting like Merkle tree structure where you can, and you can, you, you're entirely free to design this tree the way you want. There are trade-offs in terms of uh, how long the Merkle proofs are and that, that affects whether a, uh, a spend is more expensive than the other. Um, so there are all, there are all these, these subtleties that, that I think people need to play around with so they can actually have an opinion. Like I have to be quite frank, having, having not use taproot for that long like I, I, I really have an opinion yeah. and it, so it takes time for, for somebody to get familiar with the proposal the way it's you know how the proposal is implemented right now um, and then thirdly then to provide feedback Yeah. and I think maybe that's 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 that may be the goal to, to have a, you know a more uh, to Some more inclusive maybe, yeah. maybe that's moving it from uh, a theoretical level to, a, to an experimental yeah. level yeah 100% 100% Hundred percent, which is hundred percent, what you want to see, right? It's like, hey, hundred percent, figure out if it works or if it doesn't. Hundred percent, and and people get creative with the ways they they want to use this stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I do believe. Um, so I do hope if I can if I can help them make make that make that um make that access to tap a little little more a little easier. That be that be awesome. Well, thank you for working on it. Well, hey, well, that, I'm, you know, like Chain Code's providing me with the opportunity to do so. So, well, that's a, thanks for providing a segue. How's your summer? Been? <laughs> <laughs> so, how did uh, you get, so how did you get hooked up here? Like, uh, what? Uh, obviously, you yeah. you submitted a yeah, I just applied for, yeah an application and I just applied accepted you, but uh, I just applied. I I, mean, I had you know I known a couple guys here just from the meetups and conferences, but I basically just applied, mm -hmm. and I would encourage anybody else who. Who, 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 you know, I hear, I hear they're doing, they're going to do this again, so I, I, I recommend it to anybody. It's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a really awesome experience. What's, uh, what's the process been like? How, how has the, uh, the summer been? And sort of open ended when you first start, correct? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
um, yeah, that's that's quite a luxury. You get you basically you basically come here. Um, um, you're asked what you want to work on bef when you're applying, and then you just kind of make something up, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, this seems something very interesting that I'd like to work on, but you don't really know until you start start picking it apart or start start actually working your way towards that. And uh, I initially wanted to just get more familiar with core, right? Um, I you know I studied Bitcoin quite extensively. Um, I had I'd done a lot of tra Bitcoin training um, with Libbitcoin. Um, but a lot of the future work, like Taproot, for example, is, is done on, on the, in the core community. Um, and so I, so I, wanted to, I wanted to get more from with core. Um, and it turns out, like, right now, I'm not, I'm not even contributing to the actual uh, core code base. Mm -hmm. I'm building this library on the core test framework, which is written in Python. Okay. Right, so you've got a lot of the, you've got, like, transaction classes in there, block classes, um, and uh, it's all written in Python, and it's, it's used to to test the, the C++ code in core, mm -hmm. it's like for integration tests. Um, so I just build on top of that, and then people can just use it as a regular Python library. Has uh, the core, the Bitcoin core learning curve been steeper than the Bitcoin? Uh, less steep? It's definitely a little steeper. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely steeper. Um, yeah, it's it's like a. I've heard the term like it's like an evolved prototype in some ways. Okay. Like the core. Software, you know, it's like you you have a lot of people. You mean it's 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 the one with predominant market share. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't change the interface that quickly because people are actually using it a lot. Um, you like a lot of these decisions in terms of how the wallet is structured and the node, etc., were made many many years ago. So you can't you can't make changes that quickly. Having said that, like after coming here, I realized there are, there are actually a lot of people in that chain code working very hard to to. Um, to uh, refactor a lot of different interfaces internally, which actually don't change behavior. So you, as a user, you don't, you don't, you may not directly see the the effect of that. Now, yeah, we got a uh, Ruskinovsky here. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, helping separate the wallet and the node, correct? Right, right, exactly. And that would exactly. make it more modular, similar to Libbitcoin, correct? Right, right, hundred percent. That's that's kind of kind of how I see that as yeah, well. And it's uh, that should I mean, as a as a user and somebody's not an engineer, just thinking design-wise that seems most advantageous is to separate that stuff make it easier to work on yes. individually and yes and so yeah we were talking about trade-offs yes. with the uh, scripting languages earlier and why you'd want them to be more um sort of simpler uh but the trade-offs like that's a, it's interesting you're sort of uh I don't know, yeah you're burdened to these these uh you're handcuffed to these trade-offs that were made almost a decade ago right. Bitcoin core in particular and right uh, i guess um yeah, it's. Uh, I'm trying to think of like how I want to frame this question, and so there's like a sunk cost into how yeah. everything works, and and, and I, I didn't appreciate this until coming here. It's like the art of refactoring something that's complex as core is. It's as I said, it's an incredible skill set. Like you, 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 you know where you want to go. You know, like it should look. This interface should look like this, but you have to break it down into a lot of little couple steps. And each step cannot break the the the, the, the product. Yeah. Right. No, and this is right. It's like, and if it's too long, like people won't review your PR. And, 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 and when you break it down, every single piece has to be atomic in a yeah. sense. Like it's got to be, you can't break things along the way. And so that's 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 incredible. So, yeah, that's what. Uh, that's why I like the phrase like you're working on nuclear technology. Like it's like live. <laughs> you have to treat it with right. that much respect. And right. Yeah, and I, I think the question I'm getting at here is like, is there a point at which uh, Bitcoin Core in particular will be uh, sufficiently modular? 
that it will like sort of uh, uh, launch pad like a, a growth and development and, and yeah. building on top of it. Uh, I I don't know. No. I I, th- I think I think we will. I mean, uh, looking at the people who are working on it, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll reach a point where um, this this modularity is 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 in a good place. Um, whether whether that will like you know bootstrap this entire wave of new features and or maybe I, 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 is that what you mean that or maybe even get us closer to ossification which uh, theoretically seems like a good idea to me but I don't know um, yeah yeah um, I don't know yeah. I don't know that's the beauty of it yeah I don't know um, people are free to do what they want people are free to use what tools they deem right for the job um, so I guess I guess the users will We'll decide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no. It's um, no, but it is crazy to see how much you do know, considering that you've uh, only been studying this for the last, studying this intently for the last year and a half, and you were yeah. very humble. Uh, getting into the, <laughs> Thanks, Marty, the residency yeah. and contributing yeah. in the ways that you are already is. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's great to see, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks again. Thanks. For thanks, uh, thanks for doing it. We've got uh, we're only thirty four minutes in here, so we got plenty of time. Um. Or do you have to get back to work? No, take uh, as long as okay. as long as you. Um, so when you were making the the teaching Bitcoin .io like videos, mm-hmm. was that an exercise that helped you learn, or did you feel compelled to to get better information out there? Um, I did feel compelled to get better information out there. I I, I ultimately didn't really find an audience. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like um, like I feel like there there's a lack of um quality information which was um, like technically accurate or correct um, I feel like there are not a lot of explanations which are, which rely on analogies or you know, like hand wavy metaphors and um, yeah like I, I, I wanted I wanted something that was a little more precise having said that I also realized um, like the audience for that in on, on, on YouTube is probably not not huge. <laughs> Right, like 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 people will go to Bitcoin Stack Exchange. They'll they'll read the bips themselves. They'll they'll read the the Lightning RSC, mm-hmm. and so like that's 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 like let's say that that's that's the top of the pyramid, right? Yes. Like people who really want to get deep, they they'll find ways to do it. They'll read a lot. They'll they'll educate themselves. So who who are these videos actually for? Like, is it for a an audience that doesn't have the time, or or prefers like a, something that's a little easier to to um, digest? Um, they may perhaps not want all the detail, right? They may want something that's a little more high level. And so I think I failed to, it was, good, it was a good experience for me, but at the same time, I think I, I didn't find the balance between the, the granularity of the content and, and, and the audience. Yeah. No, it's tough. Yeah. And yeah. That's why we do this podcast and yeah. the newsletter, and we're getting into videos now as well, but it's it's, yeah. uh, it's hard trying to find like the product market fit and education, yes. And yes. especially yes. in Bitcoin. Yes. You have developers who have to learn. Uh, a certain way and then you have users who have to learn about the system yeah. and interacting with it. 100%. That's what I think is most lacking right now is education in the space Yeah. how we make that better. So anybody putting in effort to make that better is uh, yeah. A-OK in my book. Yeah, awesome. What, um, so what else? Like, what, uh, what are your thoughts on the current state of Bitcoin, both from like a protocol development level, um, given how much you've seen in the last year and a half and then at a social and uh, basically a, a, a phenomena in the, yeah. in the in the world. Boy, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I don't. 
you edit this? I can edit it, yeah. Okay. Um, let me think about that. Said another way, are you I, optimistic or pessimistic? I've, I've been following the, the protests in, in Hong Kong mm-hmm. uh, in recent weeks. Um, I don't know. I, it, 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 it does feel like you know the, the, the world is falling apart or just tearing apart at its seams. Right. <laughs> like well, that's what I'm trying to determine. Is the world falling apart at the seams? I or don't. Do we just have more access to how terrible it, it is today. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Um, the fact that I can be here in New York, you know, on a whim, having never met these people before, um, that's amazing, right? Technology enables this to happen. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can learn about Bitcoin from anywhere in the world, that's 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 like, that's a privilege of being alive today. Mm-hmm. That's a real privilege, right? But at the same time, as you say, it's it's really hard to assess. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. This access also makes it hard to assess, like, what's, what's actually happened, ironically. Yeah, yeah what's... Like, like, the access to information... Yeah, they, I mean, all you freaks who read the sovereign individual, they predicted this. Like the, <laughs> the uh, obviously over saturation of exposure to information will lead you yeah. to be yeah. sort of lose grip with reality or what you perceived reality was. Uh, yeah, and that's what I think the information age is is, yeah. is bursting people's preconceived yeah. uh, notions of what reality is and right. how the world yeah. works. And I mean, we have a perfect example of this Jeffrey Epstein stuff going on over the weekend. Right. right? Right. That overt, close right. suicide. But it's right. people are starting to like really question the uh, the yeah. institutions and the and the yeah. pillars 100%. of uh, of the status quo, if you will. Hundred percent. That's why I mean that's why I'm in the Bitcoin because uh, I like to think that it provides an optimistic uh, future or a, a hope of an optimistic system that can be built uh, right. separate from this one, which I, I my reality used to be based around, and now right. uh, after years of sort of peeling back the onions and seeing how the world works, whether it be exposure to working in the markets or um, just exposure to our our political system here in the United yeah. States, more particularly yeah. the last eight years. It's uh, right. It's interesting. That's why I'm so enthralled with Bitcoin because it's uh, something exciting to work on. And yeah. a little bit, I've said this before, punk rock and yeah. rebellious, if you will. Right, right. Yeah. Um, be, I guess because I my, my, my first foray into to Bitcoin came, came to the... the, the Eric Voskel crypto economics angle. I mean, um, the way he writes about it, I think I think is is very accurate. It's like it's it's a tool of resistance, right? Yeah, it's dark dark market money. It's black market black market money. money. Yeah, right. And I love how um, he's very uh, very cut and dry about that. Like Bitcoin only succeeds if it's uh, yeah. black market money. Yeah. And so do you ever see how how do you if you had to envision Bitcoin? Uh, being curbed or being stopped in the future, how do you imagine that would happen, or could it could it even happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've um, you know I, I I just observe that that you know uh, a lot of this um, a, lot, a lot of the you know like how do people get in because they you know they have some kind of exchange account. Uh, there are certain on ramps, often almost exclusively KYC'd, and so these are these are all permission tran- tran- transactions, right? They're we're using Bitcoin. Like cryptographically, I'm, I'm signing something and I'm, I'm depositing some funds at, at an exchange or, or to some business, but it's it's all KYC. It's 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 a permission transaction. Even though like the, te- the technology itself um, is is pointless if it's if it's a if it's a white white market transaction. Right. right? The 
implicitly um, because my my identity is is is, is given uh, you know the the I presume like you know uh, if 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 the state wanted to or if the regulator wanted to that could be an illegal you know, it could be a legal tr transaction. So there's like this this whole world of Bitcoin, which is kind of like permissioned and, and white market, um, and it seems to make up the the bulk. Yeah, the majority. Right of what we see today. Yeah, you can yeah. prove that with just looking right. at exchange wallets and seeing how right. much they hold, and right. now that worries me right. as well. And maybe there's some like crazy future in which Bitcoin, like all the all the coins held on the exchange, eventually. I don't know. Maybe get locked up there, and you have just yeah. like the free floating Bitcoin yeah. people that actually took their control of their yeah. own private keys, and yeah, they may there will be right? right like two sets of Bitcoin. Yeah, right. Uh, I hope not. How can yeah. we? How can we prevent that from happening? How? What would you? What do you think? Uh, how do you think users should act, or can you even try to dictate how users act? Do you think people will just naturally yeah. coalesce to these, frankly, easier yeah. uh, solutions? more convenient i would say yeah like it would seem it would seem like if if the so like w uh, like the, the utility of bitcoin today probably as, as as a as a as a black market money to most people is is not not very high you know a lot of it's it's like i i think i think huddling huddling for me is is actually it's um it's, it's a speculative speculative act like I, I huddle because i believe like the value will will increase Right. That's the, there's 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 active speculation there. I, the future is unknowable, mm -hmm. but if I hold a lie, I'm I'm making presumption about what the future will be. Right. Yes. So, so if you like to like like a speculative act, um, but as a as a as a medium of of, of transfer uh, to transfer value, uh, we're just not quite there yet. I think you know we're not we don't very few people make you know tr you know trade in in, in, in Bitcoin, um, and, and perhaps one day perhaps one day where that becomes like the utility of that is is positive. Like I, I will, we, I'm a freelancer, and you're gonna pay me in Bitcoin because otherwise my my freelance activity would be illegal, or you know, like I would need to acquire a license very expensively, or you know, yeah. When, when we're at that point, I think the utility of Bitcoin becomes tremendous. Right, and then tremendous. And you see what's happening today, like in Argentina, where they're they're. Currency collapses by I think twenty five percent against the dollar overnight, and it's nuts. Um, I checked the the Bitcoin to Argentinian peso chart today, and it's nearing an all time high. Right. While the Bitcoin to U S dollar pair is still forty two percent below its all time high. So, yeah. um, the utility is also relative. So like Bitcoin is probably, or is it relative? What would Eric say about that? I don't know, the, the, just had Eric pop like. No, that's not, that's not true. Like it's it, it's relative to alternatives. Right? Yeah. Is it, is there more Bitcoin have more utility in Argentina compared to the U.S. right now, right? Because the, the alternatives are better here. Absolutely, absolutely. That, that's absolute possibility. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like the the, the 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 competition to Bitcoin is just alternative money mm -hmm. that we could use in a any any transaction. That's the other thing. Like, so there was people saying last week because I mean that's and I'll be frank here. I've said it on this podcast and written about it a lot, like speculating that. Mm. I think it, it focus on China and Hong Kong in particular that, that right. there was probably capital flows into Bitcoin from right. uh, Chinese nationals trying to get out of their system. Right. But right. Uh, a couple of people last week, Dan last week, were saying if you look at Chinese exchanges in particular, Bitcoin and Tether are trading at like a one and a half to two percent um, discount, which would signal that there isn't that much demand. But then you get into the question: if it is truly dark market yes. money, maybe they're 
selling and, and trading on WeChat or something like yes. that and doing it through the key. Yeah. Yeah. Like how will you ever really know? Yeah. Uh, especially if it is dark market money, like yeah. the true saturation and in, in, in overall use within a particular yeah. country. Yeah, because the stuff on the exchanges, that's like the KYC stuff. Yes. So maybe it's, that's why it's true. I don't know. I'm making this stuff up. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, right. So I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But it just seems like, you know, Hong Kong, maybe, maybe it's a flashpoint for something bigger. Who knows? Like, that's that's kind of how I feel about the situation right now. It's like, yeah, the Hong Kong situation in particular is... Um, that's pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they shut down the airport yesterday. Canceled yeah. every flight. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Shut down the airport. Um, I've been very I've been following their their updates on on Twitter. It's like, um, it's, it seems like it's just an incredibly organized movement with oh support gosh. from such a broad swath of population. I think that's that's unique. That's different from like say 2014. Yeah, it was like 30 percent showed up to uh, the marches, maybe more, which is right. crazy. Right. Um, and, and like anecdotally, like people from all ages are 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 supportive. Like, and and and. and yeah, so I I just don't see how I just don't see how there's a there's a there's a obvious like solution to this um to this uh, to this movement. Yeah. Uh, which makes it so precarious, I guess. No, it's yeah. I've been observing it like uh like very anxiously, right? Like yeah. An ang- yeah. It's like it just makes me very anxious to see how heated it's getting and if China does push back, how hard will they push back and Yeah. Are we about to see something like pretty fucked up on the global stage yeah yeah um, big time yeah but turning back to bitcoin's sure. dark market money i think sure. it made me think about this um yeah this conversation like which makes me believe that like so i can't prove this because i'm not in china yeah. i'm not on wechat or it, but i do yeah i surmise that there is uh, a lot of dark market activity with bitcoin in particular just trading it if, if that's it uh, i would surmise that's happening because there was actually uh a Vice documentary. Mm-hmm. They actually took it down, um, but it was on like credit card fraud in, in China. No, in the U.S. Oh, okay. And it, like followed the gang in Atlanta that wow. figured out this credit card identity theft scheme. But like Bitcoin yes. was a uh, was a very integral part. They're going to Bitcoin ATMs, buying Bitcoin in cash, buying the information wow. online, and then uh, using it as black market money. Wow. And doing that, but that isn't reported much here in America, but criminals in America are obviously using that way and I don't want to right. say the Chinese are criminals Chinese citizens are criminals or anything but right. it's illegal there and they may right. be using it in a similar fashion right. as well right uh, totally imaginable I, I, I don't know I don't know yeah. no neither do I yeah. these are all cosmic musings of two bitcoiners yeah. <laughs> what um, so what else uh, what, are you, what else are you excited for in the world of bitcoin um when else like any, any any consumer apps or or wallets or hmm, hardware that you're excited fault. for? No, not really. That's 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 the that's kind of the contradiction of Bitcoin for me. Like I'm super excited about the idea, the protocol, um, you know, like the, the the protocol implementation. I'm I'm less excited about products because I just don't. I'm not a user. No. I'm not a user of these products, quite frankly. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't trade in Bitcoin. Like, I, I, ha- you know, like I don't, I don't get paid in Bitcoin. I don't. So, like, Bitcoin as a medium of transfer has, it's not something I use yet. Yeah. I'm just enthralled by the idea, and I wanna, I wanna, like, I believe in it, and and 
it's it's in a way obvious to me, but I'm not I'm not a user day to day, and that's I think that's 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 why it's hard for me to. If you're hodling your user. That's not uh, <laughs> correct misinformation. You are using it just right. as a savings uh, tool. Right. Right. And no, but it's something I think about a lot. Like what the yeah. timing of this quote unquote industry and yeah. where we are on uh, the timeline of Bitcoin. Yeah. inception and when it will be yeah uh or if it will be like a mass yeah. market tool and yeah when like a, a new internet internet like system will be on top of it yeah maybe very i mean obviously because we have a lot of protocol things to figure out yeah so yeah. Or do we have a lot of protocol things to figure out could this uh be successful in perpetuity as is do you think that's a great question yeah that's a great question uh it would seem the alternatives so far haven't been that compelling. That seems like that's what the market is saying. Mm -hmm. It seems like the basic utility of Bitcoin hasn't changed much. Um, I guess the implementation has has evolved and improved as as its usage has increased in the network. And um, but yeah, generally the the feature set seems to have been relatively constant, right? Yeah. We have Lightning now, which is cool, but like uh, coming back to like. The daily use, like who, I presume, very few people actually use Lightning as as a as a transfer medium, right? There's there's a novelty aspect in it, um, potentially, you know, like I guess, yeah, I guess there there can be a lot of use cases for it in the future, but where where fees are on chain remain, you know, okay, um, it seems like it's still 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 a while out before before that becomes a. Uh, yeah no it's um no it's uh it's something i think about a lot like is is my screeching to this microphone even even uh worth it at this point right because it's uh, it's still so nation i mean i think so but yeah it's uh so i just like hearing myself talk is uh yeah take that into consideration yeah um yeah well thank you for joining me on this monday afternoon my pleasure marty this is great meeting you and uh I, 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 knew, I know you've been doing this for, for a lot of years and you've been putting a lot of uh, content out there so uh, that's awesome yeah. big thanks to you thanks for having me well thanks for doing what you're doing thanks for putting out my, my random uh, meandering line of questioning here I feel like it was a my pleasure. a lot of a splattering of questions there and, uh, they're awesome no, because your, your background is uh, seriously like crazy diverse and your your Bitcoin from Libitcoin to Bitcoin Core um, is is not a, a common um, journey, I would say, for most people I've talked to on this podcast, at least. I mm -hmm. think you're like the first Libiquin. Did you contribute to the protocol too, or did you just? I wrote a lot of documentation, yeah. and I did. Uh, um, I, I went to a couple of meetups with Eric to do like Libiquin training for developers. Okay, yeah, so you're yeah, first Libiquin. Yeah. Uh, have you had him on the show? I, I have not, but we're talking. He's actually gonna be. In the city at the end of the month, I believe. Awesome. Or awesome. soon. And we're going to awesome. try to make it happen. Awesome. Eric, if you're listening. Awesome. Let's make it happen. Yep. <sighs> James, thank you for your time. Cheers, Marty. Stop bothering you. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't. You weren't. Uh, um, and keep doing what you're doing, man. We'll do. it. We'll Peace do. and love. Bye, guys. Take care.